Well, I want to thank our sponsors, Flint Cliffs Manufacturing of Burlington, Iowa, Wester Drug of Wilton and Muscatine, Jen Fagan, Kyoto, Iowa, your neighbor's insurance agent. Home plate sports cards of Oskaloosa, Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, B&B Propane, R&B Facebook Breaks of Dubuque. Thanks to all you guys for helping bring this program to your ears. Well, it's Scotty Melvin's Tailgate High School Football Show, and uh, we got the pig in the ground, we got the beer on ice, and today our rowdy friend is Coach Dorty from the uh, Fort Madison football team there. Welcome to the program with the Bloodhounds there. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. Well, Scotty, uh, I'm going to let you go first today. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, Coach Doherty, it's so good to talk to you again. Um, we're getting really close to the start of the season. I'm sure you're as excited as the rest of us, probably more so. <laughs> um, but uh, you brought up the Shrine Bowl before we got recording here. Um, and I read a little bit of well, what uh, they wrote uh, up in the Penn City Current there about your experience. But could you tell the listeners a little bit, a couple of highlights maybe from that uh, experience there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I told you guys it was uh, one of the their greatest experiences of my life. So uh, the reason I, I say that is because I love the game of football, right? But we, we get to use the game of football as a vehicle for so many different things. And, and as a coach, you know, it, it truly is about life lessons and, and, you know, helping these guys become good, good people in the future. But right away, you know, the, the money that we raised and everything, we got to use the, the game of football to help out children, you know, and, and children who have had all kinds of battles in their lives. And we got to meet a lot of those, those children. And um, it was just a really humbling experience and, and something that I'll never forget. That's pretty outstanding. Well, coach, uh, can you just walk us through the off season programs, the weightlifting? I know you have some restrictions. You might be able to go to a camp or something, uh, but, but the, what happens between the end of the season and this uh, uh, July 1st, uh, 31st date? Yeah, so June 1st is the, the first day that we can have contact officially with our athletes. Um, so we start our weight program. Um, we lift uh, three times a week and we do some other things. We have a, some install days. Um, you know, it, it, it is hard with summer baseball. We want our kids to be multiple sport athletes and, and I, I dig baseball and I, I want our guys to play. So working around those schedules and things, uh, no different than any other school throughout the state. But, uh, you know, we, we've, uh, we've got to get as much work done as, as possible. And so we do that throughout the summer. Um, I give our kids the whole 4th of, of July week off to go be kids and have fun and, and kind of get out of the weight room and recover. Then we come back. This, this year is for uh, two, two straight weeks of lifting, and then we had dead week. So right now we're in dead week, no contact uh, with any of the athletes. Again, hoping that they're off doing doing fun things and enjoying being kids. Uh, because once we start on Monday, it's camp season. So we'll start our our, um, our summer camp on Monday, and then that leads us right into the first week of, of practice. Well, go ahead, Scotty. Well, something I've been thinking about when I when I think about your uh, your program down there. Um, you guys have been in 4A the last couple of years, which I don't know about you, and maybe you don't even want to speak on it as a coach, but as a fan, uh, a longtime fan of all things Southeast Iowa here, I, it really missed me to see the Bloodhounds in 4A or, or a Mount Pleasant. And I know that there's a there's a numbers formula that makes that stuff happen, but 
I just uh, it galls me when I see our area schools doing things that aren't traditional. <laughs> the way the state set it up for that two-year period or what have you. And uh, now you guys are back in 3A, and you're back with the old the old gang, as I always like to call the uh, Southeast Iowa Conference teams, you know, minus Fairfield. But um, has Fort Madison, first thing I want to ask real quick, has Fort Madison football program ever had an official playoff victory in its history, or at least recently? Yeah, they did. They, they won in uh, 1988, and it was Kurt Warner's senior year at Regis. Okay. And I think I remember that because I would have been like 12 years old and I was hanging out with a bunch of Fort Madison kids at the time due to uh, going to church with a bunch of them, you know, and it was a pretty exciting thing because uh, they weren't used to that. And uh, it's been quite a while, but there was a buzz going. And my feeling was you had teams these last couple of years that if, if you were in your traditional 3A district for those two seasons, it's fairly likely, in my opinion, that you'd have some more, at least another one, maybe. And now that opportunity is, is back. Of course, your district's tough. Um, yep. And so, you know, there's no gimme there, but, but it, is it uh, kind of an exciting feeling to be back in that uh, more traditional 3A? Is it a little more comfortable, I wonder, for, for you and the staff and, and, and the team? Yeah, I mean, we feel like we, we belong in 3A. Um, I think that we've, we've proven that we can compete at the 4A. Oh yeah, it's just a, it's just a different, uh, it's a whole different monster with a lot of these programs, just school size, where they can two platoon, and um, their depth is just, you know, it's 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 truly unreal. Where uh, we we don't have that now. With that being said, we're happy to be back down to three A, where we feel we belong. But you take a look at our schedule, and it's probably the toughest schedule that we've had yep. um, for as long as I can remember. So, um, you know, we. <laughs> Whatever that, that means, um, you know, we're still going to have to show up, whether it's 4A, 3A, or, or whatever, and, and play four mass and football. And so that's kind of what we focus on is controlling what we can control, and that's that's our preparation and our game plan, um, you know. But we uh, we didn't get dealt any favors by moving back down to 3A by any means. No, sure. Well, Coach, uh, uh, let's talk about what happens uh, July 31st and on. Uh uh, let's talk about maybe some seniors from last year that left that created some holes you got to uh, fill. Uh, what do you get to, you know, what, how do you get your team ready? And I also understand you're going to be playing uh, some kind of a scrimmage against Minneapolis at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So um, speaking on a lot of those players from, from last year, I mean, we graduated such a phenomenal class. Um, just guys that, that we truly love and we're going to miss just because of their buy-in to the program. And obviously they had some successes, but um, starting with the two that just played in the Shrine Bowl. So, you know, we were lucky enough to have two guys play in the Shrine Bowl along along with me. So I got to coach them one more time. Uh, Tanner Settles has been a, a staple of our program for, for several years. Um, and this is a kid who moved from a, a skill position to the line just because we needed him to, and, and that's just who he is. But defensively, he's the best edge setter that I've ever seen. I mean, he did a great job in the Shrine Bowl competing against the best of the best. So uh, validation, and we knew that he was good, and then you see him out there, uh, and he's playing with all these guys. Um, it, it was it was truly an awesome experience. And Mateo Lozano uh, played center for us in the Shrine Bowl for the South Squad. And again, he was out there competing and, and did a fantastic job. So those two, obviously good enough to get a nod to the Shrine Bowl. Um, but 
speak to the caliber of athletes that they are, but we replace, uh, we have to replace Aiden Boyer, who is our quarterback. Um, Boyer the Destroyer? Yeah, Boyer the Destroyer. Um, (laughs) And on that line, Daniel Sokolich, just a a silent assassin, a kid that played a huge part in all of our success that uh, oftentimes doesn't, you know, doesn't get brought up. The linemen don't get their names in the paper very often, so um, even though he's the guy that's blocking and and doing all the things that, that need to be done, Kane Williams, um, so all these guys that I'm talking about are going off to play college football. That, that's how good they are. So uh, I, I know I'm missing several of them, but uh, we, we're replacing a, a really, really good class. So we hope that our guys are, are hungry and ready to do it. We know that uh, the program that we have in place allows them the opportunity. All right, go ahead, Scotty. So I haven't uh, brought up your schedule. I was – Thinking around with varsity bound there uh, before we got on the phone just to see if anything uh, and, and it's glitchy right now. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know we've gone over the schedule with you because we we were doing that in the spring there not too long ago. Um, and so I've got a few teams. I you know I live here in Wayland. I go see Waco play quite a bit because they're two blocks from from where I stay. Uh, generally, I see Washington quite a bit because I work up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and but I this year. I don't have a lot going on like I have had, so I'm planning on getting out further away from home on some Friday nights. Can you give me an early season game that's uh, either at home or, or close to where I'm at, close to the Washington area if it's on the road, that would be of interest for uh, for some of us that are a little further away from Fort Madison, we could come catch you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, our schedule's a, a straight sprint from, from week one. Uh, so we will we open with uh, Burlington at Burlington, but then a game that's, that's close to you, we go to Fairfield week two. Um, there we go. Yeah, and, and I just spoke with Coach Wheaton. Um, I got a Coach Max in the Shrine Bowl, so it was great having that guy on my yeah. side finally. Um, yeah. <laughs> a couple of those Southeast Iowa studs. Uh, we had the Hartman kid from Washington and the Perez Hall kid from Burlington. So, uh, and then Simeon Reichenbach from yep. Waco. So, man, uh, I, I listen to your guys' show and I hear their coaches talking about these guys and they are everything that their coaches say they are. So, um, I was proud to represent Southeast Iowa, but yeah, that, that Fairfield game, um, you know, we've, we've had some great games with them here in the, the recent history and great relationship, a great program that we, we respect. And, um, you know, we, we have to be our best for sure every time that we line up across from those guys. I'll tell you what, I was just uh, talking to my 10-year-old daughter the other day. She goes to Fairfield, and I said, hey, you know what, on a Friday when I come pick you up, let's stay in town and watch a, watch a game in Fairfield. I said, I haven't looked at their schedule to see what uh, what might be the, the one, and I think you just picked it for me. Awesome. <laughs> so we may just be there. Cool. Excellent. That does sound like a good round guy game of the week. Uh well, let's let's mention a little bit of Fairfield. Uh, I actually looked at Fairfield's new setup, their new conference that they're in, their new schedule, and uh, I have uh, 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 opened up a GoFundMe page to try and get a globe that we could send to the people that schedule uh, the games because apparently they've never seen a globe. Uh, oh man! Because they, of the, yeah, they the threw us through a loop. <laughs> uh, uh, as Scotty can attest, they they, they got a crazy uh, long distance schedule, don't they? They do, you know, and and we kind of went over that and why and all that stuff, and it it stinks, but it does make sense. Um, I, I understand why the state didn't want to stick a certain maybe batch of four teams in the same district, you know. Um, 
but uh, and it, I think it evened competitive balance out quite a bit between the one they're in and then the one that our boys are playing in down here. Um, but still, <laughs> I feel bad for them. It's going to be some long bus rides. <laughs> well, uh, so uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, maybe who do you got that's a young player, maybe that that played some last year but didn't play a lot that uh, uh, is going to have an opening uh, and maybe uh, looks like you're going to have to have a new quarterback. So uh, how do you decide, you know, say you got two, three kids that want to be the quarterback. You got what I've turned into three weeks and four days is all you have before you start the season. Uh, how, how do you, how do you find that new center, that new nose guard, that new quarterback, and then get, figure out who it is and then get that guy enough reps and enough rhythm to be ready for opening day. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a lot, you know, and, and we, we believe in competition. So we hope that our guys are competing with each other all the time. I mean, and I know we, we talk about it weekly. There are no given spots. Like that's the mentality that we want. Um, we've got a, a kid, Marcus Guzman right now, who's been playing quarterback for us. We've had a couple seven on sevens this summer and, uh, he's, he's been the guy. Uh, he does a great job. He was behind Boyer last year and did a, a fantastic job. We've got a couple other younger guys that are behind him, and, and our goal is that they don't take a back seat, that they push him and they try to make it them on Friday night. So, uh, But, you know, if we were playing tonight, it would probably be Marcus Guzman, a quarterback. Uh, he played safety for us last year. He's, uh, he's a physical kid. He wants to – he wants to play defense, even though he's a quarterback. That was kind of a conversation that we had to have. He came up to me and said, hey, coach, I'm only going to play quarterback if you allow me to play safety again. <laughs> so that's the type of kid that he is, and we appreciate that. I mean, he's a kid that wants to play football. He doesn't want to come off the field. And, um, you know, we like that about him. So we've got him. You know, Teague Smith is returning. Uh, he, he did tear his ACL during the, the wrestling season, and midway through the wrestling season. But he has rehabbed. Uh, I mean, it's crazy how well he's rehabbed, and it's credit to the work that he put in well before the ACL tear, um, and he's already back in the weight room. He's been squatting, um, you know, just he, he's released to cut. I mean, his goal, I said it, I think, in our, our interview last time was his goal is to play week one. Now, will that happen? That, that's up to his parents and his doctor and, and, you know, a whole bunch of other people, but if it's up to him, he's going to say, yeah, that's just who he is. Uh, Hayden Segoviano was our, our leading tackler last year, and then we found out uh, we needed him at running back, and, and he gave us a, a, a freaking shot of, of juice right away when he came in at running back. Uh, he, he did a great job, so he's, he's excited to carry the, the ball and play both sides of the ball this year. Um, Henry Wiseman. Uh, we've, we've got some great kids, and I know I'm, I'm forgetting a lot, and I apologize to them. Um, we're we're definitely a, a team and not one guy makes us, but I think that's what's special about our group is, is they're all in it for each other. And I love that about them. All right. Uh, go ahead, Scotty. Yeah. I want to just kind of comment on, on Teague there because, and I know we did talk about him before, but uh, he's kind of a case study for me. Um, some of us old guys that like to lift weights still, we get hurt because we do ego stuff and, and uh, <laughs> Now, we're not always the smartest, even though we preach don't do that. And uh, we see these young athletes, you know, they're, they're getting injured for different reasons, maybe, uh, playing a sport and whatnot. But the fact that uh, that, that rehab thing, he did it so fast. And, and it's because it's like a lot of things in life. And like you said, he's not turned loose until the doctor and parents say so. But 
progress I saw him make uh, from the things he's posted on Twitter, his workouts and, and such, uh, you see the, the, the desire to get back quickly. And, uh, I mean, he's a kid that I would point other kids to. to if you want it bad enough, you can make it happen. Um, you know, look at this kid. And so it's been a lot of fun to watch. I can't wait to see him play. I hope he's good to go early as possible. I hope he's good to go uh, week two when I can get a chance to get eyes on him in person and rest the kids. But also love to hear about your uh, your quarterback situation because nothing nothing tickles me more than, than a two-way quarterback and, and the guy playing a physical spot like linebacker or safety on defense. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch too. Absolutely, yeah. And, and just something about Teague is he, he truly lives the right way. Um, and and he, uh, no, no matter how unpopular it is, he does the, the right things and um, everything that he gets and everything that he does is, is earned. So I don't yeah. mean this in a negative way. Uh, he doesn't, you know, he's not a, a natural by any means. He's just a workhorse. And I mean, he's the poster child of, of what you want. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that is, uh, you know, seems like it gets to be a more and more rare thing. So when I see the young fellas, uh, you know, acting that way. I, I just, I, I'm a big cheerleader for that. Awesome. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about replacing a quarterback. Uh, uh, Boyer, the destroyer, really led you to a, 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 a just, just the last drive of this season against Burlington. You know, it was pretty much him that just willed you to that win. Uh, how long does it take a new quarterback to understand the plays and the nuances and the uh, – the decision making, you know, he's got to decide if, you know, if, if one receiver isn't open, he's got to check down to somebody else. How long does it take for a quarterback to kind of grasp all of that? Yeah, um, that, that's, a, that's a, a great question. Um, you know, the, the thing that I'm thankful about in our quarterback group was we had Landis, and Landis was a great teammate. Landis did a great job with Boyer in helping him. Um, they worked together. Uh, every single day and, and went through things and Boyer turned around and he, he's done that with Marcus. So uh, we, we hope that that culture is, is really, you know, it just continues on and Marcus has done a great job. He's had his struggles for sure. Um, but he's really starting to believe we knew, we, we know how good he could be. I don't think he knows how good he could be. I mean, he's a, he's six, three, uh, 210 pounds. He's a staple in the weight room. He's, he's fast. He's physical. Uh, he's got a great arm. Sometimes he's he's doesn't know how great his arm is. So all all of this stuff is, you know, coming slowly and and through work. Um, the more work that he's put in, the more he's starting to believe in himself. And again, I, I, we know how good he can be. So we're excited to to let him off the leash and just let him go do his thing and, and have some fun and play football. And um, he wants to be good. That's the the biggest thing. I mean, you can't coach that. He just. He's got a thirst to be good, and he has high expectations of himself. Learning how to deal with those high expectations is going to be, you know, a, a, a major piece of the work for us as coaches so that he's not in his head and, and you know, he, he can flush things when he needs to flush them. And um, that, that's our job. So, you know, not only are we coaches, we're psychologists, and we gotta we got to make sure that he's right in between the ears. Well, go ahead, Scotty. Well, I'm not. I'm not big on questions just yet uh, because I'm waiting for you guys to get your uh, to get all these kinks worked out with uh, roster changes that are you know imminent because of graduations and stuff like that. When I see those uh, those rosters come out outbound or whatever, then I'll start uh, <laughs> I'll start really picking picking your brains uh, on this fall um, when I get the chance. 
But something I wanted to tell you, a little quick story, if I got a chance to talk to you before the season started. This this summer I had a chance to kind of oh, uh, uh, catch up with an old friend of mine who came up in the Wapolo uh, football program in, in back in the, I don't know, late 90s, early 2000s, something like that. He's living in, Fair, in Fort Madison right now, and uh, him and his wife, he's got a stepson that's in junior high there. And, uh, boy, when I was sitting with him out at the campground chit-chatting and that young man, uh, we got on the subject of football. Uh, he is, I believe, playing in the junior high program, and I don't remember his name. Um, but he knows every kid on the roster. He knows all you coaches, and, uh, you know, there were stars in his eyes when he was talking about Madison football, and I was beaming because I said, hey, man, I'm like, you know, your, your school's program has arrived when you young kids are, are you know, just chomping at the bit, waiting for your chance to, to get up there and play with the, with the big boys in varsity or whatever, and, and uh, you know, I, I just wanted to let you, you, you know that, you know, that, that you're – the enthusiasm and the success you guys have had, all that stuff, it's trickled down into the younger group, and that bodes well. I saw that with my old high school back at Harp, Illinois in the 90s, obviously after my class graduated. But, <laughs> you know, when, when the junior high kids and the elementary kids started wanting to be football players for the school, we knew we had uh, something that was going to, you know, have a, have a big future um, because of the turnout and, and all that stuff. And I just thought, man, that, that's good to see for Fort Madison. So I wanted to congratulate you on that. You guys have implemented a program that's uh, got the young kids excited. And so uh, I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun there for years to come. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And that was kind of, you know, that's, that's our, our mentality is we're a football program from the, the time that they enter our, our youth program in first grade all the way through you know, past graduation. We, yep. we're, we're a program and we're a family, and we don't just say that because it's cool because it has an F and an, and an M in it. We, we really are. This is this is a family, and we tell our guys that. I'm, I'm glad you said something. I hope our guys listen to this because we're on them about being involved, and, and they've done a great job and how much it means to these kids. I mean, these kids, uh, they, they really do look up to those guys, and so they're leaving a legacy even when they don't realize that they are. Well, well, Coach, uh, when I played uh, football, uh, I just played with a bunch of farm kids, and there wasn't any of us knew how to kick a ball. You know, it was once in a while we'd get a foreign exchange student, and we'd be set. But uh, uh, basically, unless it was third down and 30, we did not punt. Uh, we just always went for it because if we, if we did execute a punt and we gained eight yards out of it, we thought that was fantastic, you know. But I'm seeing kids today kicking 49-yard field goals, and I'm seeing punts that hang in the air for six seconds or so, you know, uh, that are placed so well. I, I don't know uh, uh, what's in the Wheaties down there uh, with kids today, but uh, they seem to be uh, doing a lot better on special teams. But tell me a little bit about your special teams, about your kickers, about your punters, about your coverage guys, about your return guys, and, and, and what does the special teams mean uh, how important is it to your team? Uh, it's vital. And, and, you know, everybody says it's a third of the game and that they're important. And um, uh, we make them important. That, that, that's, that's something that I got from when I was in college. Uh, it was an honor to be on special teams. And, you know, we practiced it. We didn't, we didn't uh, just run through it real quick and then move on. And I've kind of taken that. And that's what we do. We do have some some really great kickers. Uh, we've got a freshman right now who's just chomping at the pit. Uh, he, he's sending me videos all the time of him kicking. He's out there 
just daily working on it. And obviously we return our kicker from last year, our kickoff guy. Uh, we return a, a punter, uh, two punters actually. Um, so we're glad to get those kids. And, and that's credit to the soccer program. Um, we get we get a lot of those kids from the soccer program that come out. And they want to help us. And a couple of them, we've actually worked them into to some skill positions. So Andrew Wellman, he had some, some interest from several colleges on, on kicking. And um, he, uh, he ended up playing corner and receiver for us as well. So his dad's the, the head soccer coach. And Coach Wellman, he, he believes in our program and he believes in what we're doing. And so, you know, it's not hard for him to, to push kids our way and, and vice versa. We push kids into his soccer program. And it's just a great relationship. So special teams are, are a third of the game. They're important. They've won us some games here uh, in the, the last few years. And we, uh, you know, we, we take them very seriously. Go ahead, Scotty. Well, I, you know, just piggybacking on that, if I could do my life over again and I knew that I could make a living kicking a ball, I'd rethink the entire, you know, man of my teen years and what I put my efforts into. But, my leg probably wasn't strong enough, but yeah, you guys are pretty fortunate down there. You've got a good soccer program to, to pluck kids from, and uh, yeah, Dave's right. This uh, it, it's really exciting to watch the high school teams nowadays. I mean, it always has been, but now they even the special stuff is uh, taken off, and uh, you know we see that with the, the young man from Minneapolis that's going to Georgia to punt and whatnot. Well, and, and real quick, not to cut you off, but uh, oh, he's, he's a special kid. Um, and I think that that's one of the reasons why special teams has taken off in, in the area. Is, um, yeah. He's, he's allowed our kids to come up and work with him. I mean, they've reached out to him, and, and he's just uh, – what a great kid. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan, and I never thought I'd be rooting for Georgia, but if he's there, I'm, I'm going to root for him. So um, I just really appreciate him. And, you know, I think that that's uh, – He's a reflection of Coach Boris, and he runs such a, a classy program, and, and we respect Minneapolis. And, uh, it's just—it's a really great thing to see when you have a kid that that's, that that is that talented and humble, and, and will work with with other kids. That's great. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and you're talking about your own—you uh, know—wanting that message to your to your—you uh, know—be sent to your uh, own upperclassmen or whatever on your football program. I don't know that I ever thought about. The younger kids looking up to me when I was that age. Now that I'm a dad and stuff, of course, I, and an old man, I see it a little bit. And uh, wish I could go back and act better maybe uh, 30 years ago. So it is really cool to see that with our youth. And, uh, you know, I got high praise for them. And, man, that punting stuff, I, I remember showing up early to games over at Western Illinois University when Mike Cypher's there. I don't know if you guys remember him, but crowds would show up early to watch that kid warm up you know, before the game's punting the ball. So any of you kids that uh, want to make a living and maybe not take all the hits, you know, that punting thing's pretty, uh, getting to be pretty lucrative, sounds like. Absolutely. Well, Coach, are you going to play uh, Minneapolis at your place or over uh, over there? So we go over there. Um, you know, they're, they're turf field. Uh, multiple reasons. They, they do a great job of it's meet the players night for them and, um, we like to get our guys on, on a, a good playing surface and get them on a turf field because we will play some games on turf and we don't want them to be, uh, you know, wide-eyed and, and shocked. Uh, not that they are anymore. I think turf's way more uh, – it's not, it's not as, uh, I guess, shocking to kids as it used to be. But uh, just overall, it's always beneficial for us to go there and they like to make it a, a meet-the-players night. And they do a great job. They're fantastic hosts. So – 
we'll be at their place. Well, we've been talking about Drew the Killer Miller uh, over there in Minneapolis, and I am told uh, wherever he plays, they have to notify the uh, the airport uh, to warn all the low flying aircraft uh, because of how high and hard he kicks the dang ball. But uh, uh, well, let me let me uh, well, let me ask you something here about cramps. So, uh, uh, you know, Scotty and I uh, uh, have been talking to coaches about, you know, we don't see cramps on kids after it's below 60 degrees, you know, but uh, football is the only sport that, sport that starts out over 100 degrees and ends up below zero. Uh, uh, early in the year, uh, um, we saw several kids go down with cramps. Is there any strategy uh, that you coaches employ to try uh, to limit those kind of heat injuries? Yeah, you know, some of it's kind of the old school stuff. Obviously, hydration is huge and making sure that the electrolytes are there. But you start reading the, the most recent research, and they're going away from that. They're, they're saying that it, it has very little to do with hydration. It has to do with involuntary uh, muscle twitches. So you're asking the body to do something uh, that it's not used to, and, and those, those muscles misfire and hang on. And so a lot of the way that we train in the weight room is hoping to combat that. Now, I, there are people who are more susceptible to it, um, and I, there's not much you can do. You just know that some kids are going to have a cramp. But I, I really do think that the way that we train in the weight room and how our program has been built has helped us with that. We don't cramp too much. And, you know, I'm knocking on wood right now because we don't want that to change. But uh, just the buy-in from, from our, our weight room. And we talked about that a lot. There's... There's ways to train for an athlete and just walking around and, and lifting weights and, and taking a whole bunch of time in between. And it, it's a science. And, you know, that's, that's probably my truest passion is physiology of exercise. So I'm constantly reading into that stuff and we're adapting our program and doing what's right for our athletes. Cause at the end of the day, the weight room is just a supplement for what they do out on the, on the field. And we want them to be athletes. We don't want them to just be weightlifters. So uh, we train for specific purposes. Well, I'm going to give Scotty a chance because I know he's pretty passionate about this, but uh, I played football in 1970s and uh, we'd have hundred degree days in August and we do two a days for three hours of practice. And we were not allowed to drink water and they just give us salt pills and stuff. Uh, Oh, it seems like it comes, you know, those salt poles, they said they didn't help you, but I do think it was like taking a, a, a placebo or something because you believed it helped you, you know, uh, and you go out there and play a little bit. But uh, Scotty, what do you know about this uh, uh, avoiding cramps and, and heat injuries? And, and it sounds like Coach Dordy is kind of right on the money. Though. Yeah, Coach Dordy's uh, going to know more about it than me even, but I can tell you from being a competitive bodybuilder, you start messing around with some of the same kind of issues. Uh, as some of these athletes are, and there's there's certainly a hydration factor, uh, electrolytes, salt being the biggest one. I mean, salt is an easy, easy thing to get in the body. You need it to hang on to some of that water you're taking in. Otherwise, you're just drinking water that's coming right back out of you. It's not doing the body any good unless you retain some of it, and salt helps you do that, hmm. uh, the other electrolytes. Um, so, you know, definitely that's something that uh, was not wrong these salt pills uh if you were being denied water that was wrong <laughs> <laughs> well that's only you could drink water but they they they, they call you a lady thankfully we've come a long ways from then. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and 
something I, that I dug into some, and, and because I follow some really cutting edge, uh, smart trainers on uh, Twitter, one of which the, used to work for the New York Giants. Um, and some of this new science is, is basically uh, saying that some of it's straight up overtraining. So if you're seeing a team have a lot of cramping issues, and honestly, yes, the heat and humidity are going to you know, exacerbate that early in the season. Um, but a lot of it's kids going too hard maybe Monday through Thursday or whatever the practice schedule may be leading up to game time. Their body's already a little bit overtrained by Friday night. And now the adrenaline kicks in because it's game time. Now we're asking our body to do even more than what we've been doing the previous you know, three, four, five days or what have you. And when that extra gear gets tapped into game night, uh, it's too much for the body, and the body's going to start reacting in a negative way. And like Coach said, there's there's other factors, and, and you know the weight training. There's lots of things that can contribute to that. And Americans all uh, we all think we're overtraining all the time because we've gotten a little bit soft and lazy here. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, the, the the group of people out there that truly can be overtrained are going to be the competitive athlete. Obviously, a strenuous sport like football probably top that list. Um, and I can tell you from personal experience, when I get in the later stages of a bodybuilding prep, I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night sometimes with a cramp that comes up while I'm sleeping in my thigh or something. And I will wake up screaming and I will scare everybody in my house. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I have asked my body to do too much because that's what the sport demands. And uh, football's a lot like that. And so, you know, you, the coaches are going to do what they can to, to keep the kids from getting to that stage. And hopefully the kids are following directions, but sometimes it's not the case. And so you're going to see some of that early in the season, especially. Um, but it, it does seem to be less and less. And so you, you do worry about when you do see a team that's got a lot of that going on or say a team that's got this inexplicable number of knee injuries happening or something's wrong in probably the strength and conditioning part of things or, or the way they're practicing or something. And that means that uh, these boys' body, you know, too much demand has been put on it. needs to be dialed back so. Well, go ahead and ask. You got any more questions or anything, Scott? Or, or you want to hear about the linebackers or anything or what? Oh, you know, I always want to hear about linebackers, but I'm still, I'm still kind of like, uh, I'm holding back with uh, bugging the coaches about roster stuff too much because I know you've got some positions set for sure. You knew it was, you know, you got these kids. They were great last year. They're coming back this year for a junior or senior year. Um, Big Smith's one of the top of the list in Southeast Iowa um, for sure. And then you got a bunch that you're going to be figuring out here in the next, I don't know, three weeks, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The time's getting short, but uh, it's coming. Um, I guess I would ask you for Fort Madison at this point, how much of your roster do you feel your starting wise is set? Are you in like the fifty percent neighborhood, eighty percent, twenty percent? We'd like to say zero percent. You know, <laughs> I mean, we'd like to say that that. Yeah. Um, you know, all spots are open. We know that we have some some high caliber kids that are, are wanting those spots, but um, you know, it's, high school is crazy. We have we have kids right now who had a fantastic time last year, and we're we're great on the team that um, are like, hey, coach, I'm not sure if I'm going to play football this year. Like, they, okay. so so you just never know. Um, you know, you hope that they they make a good decision and and come out. Um, sometimes they're just. They're, they're August to October, November guys. They're not, 
football players year-round are thinking about football. And yeah, um, So we're hoping that we get those kids out. I mean, we firmly believe that football's for everybody, and everybody has a, uh, an important role on our team. And it might not be the starting quarterback, but um, all, everybody matters, and, and we want those guys out. So, uh, yeah. But you do, you're right, we have some returning guys. I mean, you got C.J. Arnett. Ike Thatcher coming back. Those guys are, are just, they're getting bigger and faster and stronger. And it's, uh, it's been awesome watching them. And um, so we do, we have some, some kids coming back who are fully capable of having a great year. Well, uh, we've been talking quite a while here. Uh, I, I, I've got just more of a statement I want to say to your fans, you know. Uh, listen, Traditional media is cutting back. Their budgets are less. They've got less to work with. They got less uh, money to work with. They got less reporters to work with. But I'm telling you, uh, come hell or high water, Round Guy Radio is going to keep you up to date with Fort Madison football, with Burlington football, with Minneapolis football, with Mount Pleasant football, with everybody's football. Uh, uh, I'm just going to lock myself in the house all winter. I'm not coming out. Uh, I'm going to just drive as hard as I can. But uh, is there anything that we didn't get to talk about, Coach, that you'd like your fans to know about? Because we, we want to be that vehicle for your fans to get a, an opportunity to really hear, you know, not just a 10 minutes or a five minute uh, uh, excerpt of an interview, but the whole interview. Yeah, well, one, uh, I want to start with, I truly do appreciate you and Scotty and, and everything that you guys do. And I'm a big fan. And I know there's a ton of people around Fort Madison that, that are fans and they listen and pay attention. So we really do appreciate what you do for not only for, for Fort Madison, but for Southeast Iowa and football. Um, and, and I know that you do other sports as well. So uh, that, that is very, very thank on your guys' part. I appreciate you saying that. Scott, you got anything to ask him before we let him go? Well, I don't know if there's any other sports coach. I, I pretty much only know about football, but <laughs> I guess I'll pay attention to basketball too when it rolls around, but it'll be with uh, <laughs> it'll be with a little bit of gloom on my part. But, uh, well, you know, we love Southeast Iowa, Dave and I do. That's what kind of brought us together on this, and and uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I, for my own personal self, I'm just happy that this this coming fall, barring something unexpected, I've got a lot more freedom than I've had in my personal life <laughs> the past couple of years to get out see more schools in person. Fort Madison's right at the top of my list of one that I want to see. Uh, sounds like week two. I'm also going to be looking at going to a scrimmage somewhere. I haven't picked out where yet because I haven't seen the full list, but uh, you guys in Minneapolis sounds like a pretty fun one. Um, but it, it, I can't wait to see you guys in person finally rather than watching on a, a six-inch phone screen because that's like cut it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'd love to have both of you guys down anytime you want to come down. I promise we'll be great hosts. Uh, our, our activities director, Jeff Lamb, is fantastic, and he'll, he'll treat you right. We, we appreciate that. The athletic directors are, are – I want to give a, a salute out to, the, to all the athletic directors that work with me and a big middle finger to all the ones that don't uh, <laughs> because uh, uh, they can really make my life easy. And I, I, uh, the ones that, that uh, get out there and do it, I appreciate. And, uh, uh, but a big middle finger out there to the Van Meter uh, – those guys, that guy's a jerk. Uh, but appreciate you. Thanks for being with us. Anything else you want to say before we let the, before we end this? Nope, just appreciate you guys, and we're excited for the upcoming season and, and to see what our, our kids uh, can do. So, uh, as always, roll hounds. Roll hounds. It's the bloodhounds.
Uh, there's a lot of dogs down there. There's bulldogs and greyhounds, but there's only one bloodhounds. So That's thanks right. for being with us. Thank you.